the Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. from our studios in downtown San Francisco. This is In The Click, Bimbo Jimbo, alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello and welcome again, everybody. Happy belated Thanksgiving. And we're live, pal. Make it quick. I got places to go, people to see, Jimbo. It is uh, it is Christmas party season upon us. <laughs> I literally crashed one last night uh, after work. It was great fun. That's stories for, for off the air at another <laughs> time. But uh, that was a good time. And it was, like, late in the Christmas party, too. So everybody was, like, really sloshed. So you could see where, like... The coupling and the desperation was really coming into play. It was great times. But welcome back <laughs> to In The Click. We certainly hope that all of you out there in the, the clicky-verse had a very happy Thanksgiving. You got some good food in you, spent some time with loved ones wherever uh, you may be. But we have some catching up to do uh, on this episode because we took the Thanksgiving week off. Um Seth Rollins will start right there. Turned heel uh, this this you know a couple weeks ago now I guess technically two Raws ago last episode. Uh, so your thoughts on the on the heel turn? Um, I don't know what's worse, Seth being a heel in the ring or Seth being a heel on Twitter. Uh, um, I mean I don't know where they're trying to go with this. Is it just? Is it like they feel a little desperation? They got to do something different with him or? Or are they trying to play up, like mix the the lines, the gray area of real life and how Seth is kind of like hated on on Twitter and like bring that into the wrestling ring somehow? A couple things with that. I don't get why Seth is sort of like maligned on Twitter. I know other people are so sensitive on, on Twitter, and Seth's just defending him and is proud of his place of work on Twitter, which I I don't I don't get why that became such a big deal. I, I have I have a few different thoughts about Seth's heel turn in general. One, it does feel like WWE actually sort of not being ahead of the game in terms of the the heat that Seth has had and uh you know since his feud with the Fiend and stuff like that, but at least they're reacting to it more quickly than they've done with like Roman Reigns in the past and mm-hmm. being willing to turn a top face heel when the crowd sort of starts to churn on a guy. However, uh my main takeaway from this um takes me all the way back uh, to his feud with The Fiend. It takes us back to Hell in a Cell in Sacramento, to the crowds chanting refund and restart the match and AEW and all those things. The the not pulling the trigger on The Fiend at Hell in a Cell in Sacramento and the why of all of that and like the sort of justification somehow was that this is going to take Seth down a darker path and there's a bigger story at play here and all these different things that they're sort of alluding to, uh, it, you know, in promos and tweets and everything in terms of like the why, you know, we didn't you know, pull the trigger and put it on Bray and everything that there was a larger story at work. 
only for them to throw that out the window and Seth just instead of going down sort of this like dark path, it's just the, down. It's, it's just like the typical like prick heel uh, character that he's played before, which is all well and good because he plays that role very well. Uh, he's done it before. Uh, but what happened to the plan? Like what what happened to the justification for the why? I mean, it still still wasn't really justified because you still put the the, the title on the fiend and you did it in Saudi Arabia as, as opposed to at a show in America and it, it, when it should have been done. And we went into it a lot last episode in terms of just the crap booking of the fiend character, Bell the Bell in the ring. Um, but it just it really that would sort of raised my ire uh, was that why like it just then why? Why waste your time with, you know, jerking the fiend around like that and then sort of teasing this like Seth, you know, he he used all these weapons and it wasn't really himself. He burned down the Firefly Funhouse and all these things only for him to go a very stereotypical heel route, calling out the raw roster and and everything like that. So it's it's clearly an about face. Um, but you were already sort of telling us that there was a bigger story there. So wait, you're thinking it was a lost opportunity then? I'm, well, uh, I, I'm saying that it's, clear, it's clearly that they were going for something else than what they're doing now with Seth. So, yeah. so my question is why? Why? I guess is it just that the crowds have turned on him to the degree that they just felt like that they didn't have time to tell that story? I don't. I don't know. But that being said, I think I think Seth will be a a great heel again. I don't think he was really working as like the top baby face necessarily and his and again it's it's not necessarily a Seth problem WWE has a big time top baby face problem because they're not allowed to be cool at all and you have a lot of the top heels feel this need to not be a heel and rather be the coolest people in the room which in a time when it's never been harder to be the baby face it, it's it just it just adds to that level of struggle that being said I I think Seth has got to change up his performances in the ring if he's going to be the heel. He can't Reflect that. he can't be doing like the usual, you know, babyface hope spots, all the, the high, high risk, flying yeah. stuff. Uh one of the things I appreciated about Neville when he first turned heel and was king of the cruiserweights is he sort of curtailed his usage of some of his more high flying maneuvers. He brought out the, you know, the rings of Saturn uh for his finish instead of the red arrow and he'd only bust that out when he got sort of desperate mm-hmm. kind of deal. Um Sort of gotten away from that. I know that's an older school way of looking at things, but it, it goes to the crux of what we've had a lot of talks about over the last few weeks is you have to start denying the crowd mm-hmm. what they like. Yes. It'd be like if you turned Ricochet heel and God forbid they ever do that, but he would, you know, the, the quintessential way for him to get heat would be have him go up the top rope and then just lazily climb, climb off of it and do something else and kick the guy in the balls and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's you have to do stuff like that to get the the reaction. It's never been harder to get the reaction. I feel like that they want from the WWE audience. So I, I feel like almost in other promotions, uh, fans are more likely to play along with what you want, just because it's almost like you know WWE is this machine. So it's like they feel like they can almost like do their own thing more. So I, yeah, I was just gonna say that that could be a whole podcast on its own. Like I mean, I think it's like a great like roundtable discussion. The issues that WWE has developing baby faces versus heels and what it takes to be one or the other and just how in some cases, as you mentioned, there's a lot of gray area in between and 
a lot of the baby faces that they have, they make them look stupid. Or as far as their like thinking in the ring, their strategy is very just dumb logic. And the heels, a lot of stuff they do has that cool factor, as you mentioned. So that could be like I said, a whole. I think maybe one day we could have like a bunch of people come in and just break it all down from their, each perspective. But Seth Rollins, twenty nineteen, Jimbo. If you think about it, it's been a really interesting year for Seth Rollins as far as what he's been through, pretty much from Royal Rumble that he won. Should have been Braun. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, WrestleMania with Braun. Terrible match. <laughs> you just, could even call it that, an abortion of a match. The I mean, then, you know, the stuff with Becky against uh, Lacey Evans and Baron. God, the fact that, did you know that they were dating at one point? What, what really? Yeah. No, I had no idea. Good Lord. That killed him. I think if you want, if you want to, like, load, like, find, like, the moment where they loaded the gun and shot Seth Rollins' babyface <laughs> career, it, it's it's those weeks with Michael Cole yelling into the microphone about how he and Becky Lynch are dating and the man's man and all that stuff. That's when you like you, 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 you cut, you slice the guts right out of the guy. Well, if you think about it, okay, go back to new Orleans last year, WrestleMania. That was that amazing triple threat match to start the show with him. He, He became intercontinental champion when he was IC champion. The fans loved him. He was like the working man's champion and, yeah, he was the workhorse. Yeah. It is an interesting sort of juxtaposition because he did have a lot of uh, sort of the crowd support behind him. And it was there was that whole, you know, talk about like the WWE wanted to go into a fresher direction and stuff like that right around the Royal Rumble that Seth would eventually win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember, you know, talking with some friends like Seth is the fresh direction. Like Seth's been there. Like Braun is like the, the is like the trigger that hasn't been pulled yet. Um and it's just you know it's just it's tough because it didn't really work out for Seth as the top guy and i bet you there's some there's some real life actual frustrations with that both with creative and the fan base and stuff like that so i think he's going to thrive as a heel and and i think when the time is right he'll be he can be a, a red hot baby face again well that's probably just it maybe people in the back are seeing kind of the, the turn of the crowd on Seth the last couple months now yeah, and i'll give them credit for that that that's sort of what i meant by is that is that they they're reading the room they and reacted more quickly than i anticipated them okay. in, in regards to that however at the cost of perhaps did they have a bigger story at play with him yes and you know what what was it all for then because i just i, I keep coming back to the hottest character in wb pretty much is the fiend or at mm-hmm. least he was i feel like he's cooled off a little bit yeah. um because of how they have booked him and like they've like sort of killed some of his cool factor with how he was booked against Seth and how he's just been booked bell to bell in general. But when he was being paired with Seth, he was the hottest thing in wrestling. So you're saying the hell and cell could have easily been like a double turn right there. No, I'm not saying that. I'm 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 saying you just you just pull the trigger on the fiend right there. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't need to be a double turn, but you just like why 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 kill the fiend character? Uh, and in doing so, you also you finish the job on killing Seth as okay. a babyface. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and unfortunately, I think whatever story they were trying to tell, yeah, it got abruptly stopped because of. And honestly, the, the, the Survivor Series, the story you want to tell there, if you want to make Seth cool again, is yeah, he loses there. And listen, you have you have him go down to like defeat a monster, become a monster thing without him actually churning heel, and then at least, then he's getting to do cool badass stuff while still being a fan favorite. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show because, uh, well, let's just get to it now. Uh, Samoa Joe uh, joining the Raw commentary team while he's still out on injury. I think it's 
like a, it, it's gotten a lot of like you know plaudits online and everything like that. Uh-huh. I Samojo be a great commentator, you know, when his career is done. My and I and I think um, you know I think he's the best talker in WWE right now that they probably have. But what I'll say is that my worry is I don't want them to get comfortable with Samoa Joe at commentary and that becomes his role. I see so like Taz? Exactly. Oh okay. I, I see I see so many parallels in in Samoa Joe and Taz that that was like the first thing that like raised alarm bells in 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 my mind because you know Samoa Joe and Taz have gotten a lot of comparisons over the years. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe has been pushed way harder in WWE than than Taz ever was in WWF. Um and so like I'm I'm sort of hopeful that that's not going to be the case uh for Samoa Joe, but I am worried about that because to me Samoa Joe as we roll towards 2020, if he's not a world champion by the end of 2020, I'm very concerned because he could really be your number one babyface champion. And we've talked about it before, too, that they missed the opportunity because he was naturally becoming a babyface. Him with just the simple gesture of checking on Roman Reigns after he got hit by the car uh, because he's a human being, even though he didn't like Roman, there's your there's your turn. And then he... He talks smack about Sami Zayn, beats him down, and then inexplicably they have him turn on the crowd again. And so that was like sort of the missed opportunity of the year, in my opinion, to make him a babyface. Well, I was just going to say, as far as him being champion, I wonder at this point in his career, will he ever become a champion? Because in the last two years, he's been injured a lot. So that's my biggest concern is does WWE feel like, okay, this guy's injury prone. We can't put the title ever on him for a significant amount of time because they're going to be like, he can't be a top guy. He's too much of a liability. And that's, like I said, my biggest concern with all this. And it sucks because I think, what was it, 2017? And I think it was the show you were at in L.A. Was it the Fatal Five-Way with Brock, Braun? Um, oh, no, that was, uh, that was what, in the SummerSlam, right? No, or was it SummerSlam? I'm trying yeah. to remember. But there was, like, a point where a lot of people thought maybe Joe could get the title there. Or yeah, even with he, AJ the, Styles. He had the big-time feud with AJ Styles. He like that was sort of the signature feud of AJ's year long title run. Yeah. Uh, and, and he came off great. And again, just the, his ability to sell a match with his mouth is so rare. And I think you could turn him babyface without him losing any of his cool factor. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in, in previous episodes. I think that's so important. And talking about in this episode, it's so important in this day and age for WWE in particular, so I just, I just, I worry, I see him and I worry about WWE keeping him at the desk. And, you know, look, if, if Samoa Joe doesn't want to do it anymore, doesn't want to take the bumps, doesn't want the, the, the sort of the, the rigorous schedule, more power to him. He's had a phenomenal career. Um, but I, I see him and in particular up until this latest injury, I saw so much like he's ready. Like this is they're gonna pull the trigger on him. And you might be right. It might be an injury prone thing that they that would preclude them from really putting uh the championship on him. Mm-hmm. But when you know the C I could see Paul Heyman being very much so a Samoa Joe guy. Mm-hmm. Well like the more I think about it, one yeah, I mean ultimately I think it's Samoa Joe's call. Hopefully one way or the other, if he wants to compete and he's able to, I'm sure he wants to compete. But if he, like you said, maybe if he wants to not put so much on his body anymore and and if it's his decision to do commentary, more power to him. It's his life. He can do whatever he wants. But I I guess what, what the cool thing is, I, I think it's 
what's great about the situation is, okay, he's injured. And normally guys who get injured, maybe it's a fan favorite of some sort. They're off TV for a significant amount of time. People miss them. I think it's a great way to keep using him, even though he can't wrestle. At least he still keeps a presence with the WWE universe. So between the Raw commentary and he's been making appearances on WWE backstage. So I think that's cool just maybe for his own, if you want to call it brand or whatever, that people still see him every week. But uh, just to backtrack a little bit, the reason why this is happening, Dio Madden, he wants to go back to wrestling already. So he did the commentary thing for a short minute, but now he desires to go back to wrestling. Is that the reasoning? I mean, I I think, uh, you know, Dio Madden's a guy that when they first signed him and I I sort of went and checked out what he had done in the independent circuit and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I was like, dude, this guy looks like he's got a lot of charisma. I don't know too much about his work rate and stuff like that, but I was excited to see what he was going to do. So I was surprised when they first made the move uh, to make him a commentator. Uh, so young in his wrestling Yeah, career. exactly. And so, I mean, if he wants to do that, uh, great. And I actually think, you know, he's been sort of vocal about he wants to uh, sort of take on Brock Lesnar and everything and sort of get revenge. So you have a ready-made thing where you have Dio Madden take on Brock. Brock obviously wins. And then you have Samoa Joe pop up from the commentary desk and step up to Brock Lesnar because Samoa Joe is a guy that can be that credible Babyface to dethrone Brock. I never bought it being Seth. It just, it just <laughs> felt, you know, it just the way they sold it. And I think it would have been different had they worked the SummerSlam match at WrestleMania as opposed to that uh, abomination yeah. of a thing that they tried to call a match at WrestleMania. Don't worry, it's great WrestleMania. Other than that, like skip the first quote unquote match and WrestleMania 35 is an all timer. Uh, but I think it just that took me out of it, so I never really bought okay. Seth as the Beast Slayer. Samoa Joe, people would absolutely believe being the guy that could beat Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. He has that air of legitimacy, that sort of quasi-pseudo-MMA background, all that badass stuff that I, I could really see it being Joe. My only issue with the whole Dio Madden thing is, you know, he took that was the F5 from Brock, and he was gone for, like, weeks and I guess it was to sell that he was really injured. I was like, come on. This guy is a former NFL player. Hey, man. Training as a wrestler. It's like, there's guys who take F, like Ray Mysterio took multiple F5s. He's back on TV the following weeks. So I just, that was my one little pet peeve. It's like, this guy, I know he's a commentator, but don't throw shade at his like history as a, as a performer or as as a big dude himself, like, I don't know, maybe missing one week, fine. But it's like, there are guys There's who take F5. F5. Some F5s just hit differently, baby. I was going to say, some guys take... Cracked a couple of ribs on that one, you know? It doesn't doesn't happen the same for everyone. That was my one thing. It's just like, okay, missing one week in action. Okay, cool. All right, sell the F5 on a table. But the fact that he was gone like a month, I was like, come on. But anyway, I for Samoa Joe, yeah, he does a great job. But uh, hopefully... Yeah, I I I want to see more of him in the ring, especially like, you know, he had amazing run in TNA. I mean, for that Ring of Honor, but then um, you know NXT. It's just WWE. This like last part of his career so far, it's been up and down. It's like stop and go, stop and go because of all the injuries. So I would like to see him have a significant run on Raw or SmackDown, wherever show he's on at the time. But currently, he's on Raw, so. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I, I'm all for his commentary. It's enjoyable. And plus, he's kind of more current. So his perspective might be a little more fresher. When, when it's all said and done, I have no doubt that Samoa Joe will be a great full-time commentator. Mm-hmm. But I want yeah. that to be on his terms and his decision. Yes. Uh, you mentioned Rey Mysterio. He won the U.S. title 
uh, now two Raws ago, uh, as it were. Um, what, what did you think about that? Pretty cool feel-good moment on yeah. Monday Night Raw. Great match. It was good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bummed that AJ lost it because, okay, and you and I were talking about this off the air. Kind of like my feeling is, and God, this is something we first started talking about years ago with Dean Ambrose, or John Moxley now, but anytime like Brock has one of the main titles, that show, wherever he's on, make the mid-card title kind of like the the weekly title we see every week. That title gets a little more elevated. Yeah. So whenever, when Brock was Universal Champion, the IC title, when I think it was on Raw at the time, should get like a lot more matches or seen on TV. So it kind of becomes like the week-to-week, the workhorse title. Uh, with that being said, the current state of Raw with the uh, post-draft, so Brock, current WWE Champion on Raw, the U.S. title is the second-tier belt. I w- was hoping, or I'm hoping this moving forward, forever how long the reign is for uh, Brock Lesnar, the U.S. title hopefully can be elevated and gets a little more... Um, uh, more prestige. More prestige gets, becomes more significant again. So I, I think I've talked about this before. I know I've talked with you about it off air. My yeah. least favorite title maybe in WWE is the WWE US title. I just yeah. I've never been a fan of it. Uh, its presence, I, if the way it's been treated, there's no real reason to care about it. It's the first one that had the um, triangular. Yeah, thing that, at the that Huey obsesses over. I, I would just as soon get rid of the United States Championship and bring back a TV title, especially on the brand that features Brock Lesnar. Uh, that way, whenever he does have the championship, you have a literal. Uh, you know, television championship that's defended every week on TV, or at least is more present. Champion, no, whatever. Uh, no, I, no, you, no, because you don't need to. Because it doesn't need to be defended necessarily on the on the network shows. But if you have a TV champion that's on your that's on your weekly show, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that being said, it was a great feel good moment for Rey Mysterio. I hope this this bodes well for AJ Styles, maybe making a move up more towards the top of the card again. That's that's what I'm sort of hoping for. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting at is like, okay, maybe with Rey as U.S. champion, he becomes kind of like the face of Raw. Like okay, when Brock with the WWE Championship, he's not on TV every week. Rey can kind of be like the next main important person for Raw each week. Like he's the face of Raw. He has the U.S. title. So not only does it elevate the title, but it kind of, he becomes like the, the, the number one person on the roster every week on Raw. You get what I'm saying? So Ray, Ray's another interesting one too, because where were they going with the whole almost hanging up the mask thing? And now, I mean, it's a nice little turnaround for Ray that he is he's now United States Championship, but he went from almost retiring with Dominic talking out of it to to Ray and Dominic both getting beat up by Brock Lesnar to them calling their friend that's got to be Kane Velasquez. It's been sort of a curious little run. I didn't know really there really hasn't been a payoff to sort of yeah, circuitous storyline. Yeah. There's not really been a payoff to to sort of his near retirement. Uh so I I'm sort of curious as to what the planning is there. It's been a little bit yeah, a windy road whatever story they're trying to tell, but I guess the way I'm interpreting it, okay, he was on the verge of quitting. Now he's a champion again. So it's like, good thing he didn't quit. He stuck with it. He overcame the odds. He has another title. When to is his- Dominic Guerrero going to finally betray Ray and reveal himself to be who he really is? Be great. Be way better than Jason Jordan as Kurt Angle's kid. That's <laughs> well, for sure. What's the thing? Okay. And that's part of the thing is I think the rumor was Ray partly re signed with WWE post like Lucha Underground and all that stuff was. The, the, it was the condition 
it was a way to help get his son into WWE, open the door. So him joining WWE, it's I think like the that probably makes it easier for for Dominic. But I, but I'm sure that Ray. You know, Dominic's one still got to do the work, which he's doing. Well, I would love to see and, eventually go to Performance Center or eventually NXT or Evolve before that at some point. I'd like to see Dominic maybe but, start But wrestling. I'm sure, like, even if Ray wasn't with the company, it's not like Ray's persona non grata when he, if he yeah. wasn't with WWE kind of deal, you know? Like, Do, like Dominic's going to have to bring it on his own at some point yeah. anyway, you know? So I, I, I think that, yeah, maybe Ray being a literal employee obviously helps, but I mm-hmm. think if he'd be like, you know, hey, can you help out? Dominic, he wants to get into the business. I'm yeah. sure Look, WWE and Vince, it's been proven time and time again what sort of a kind of a family sort of, you know, once you're in that fold, you're you're part of it for life. And they love generational wrestlers. Absolutely. It, 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 it's a natural story right there. Yeah, and for, to get another Guerrero in the ring, I'm sure they'd they'd jump at the opportunity. Chavo and Vicky back uh, as well as his manager. Um, dude, Vicky, yeah. Oh, Where the That would be. Where the man. F was Vicky? <laughs> That's such a great like man. Moment. If they did a redux of that storyline, well, that the, again, for those of you that, that don't know, there was they had a feud. Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero had a feud over the custody of Dominic. That came down to a custody ladder match uh, because Eddie at the time, God rest his soul, was uh, in storyline insinuating that that Dominic was actually his kid, and it was <laughs> it was just great, great stuff. I mean, it would be people would probably find it so cringy today, but go back, do yourself a favor, watch some of it. But if they did a reprise of that in 2019 as a big big heel turn uh, for, for Dominic, you know, and, yeah, you bring Chavo and, and Vicky back into the fold, uh, hell, you could get Shaw Guerrero in there, too. You could like bring a, do, a whole, do a whole, whole thing with that. Um, that would be... That'd be excellent. Aiden, I, I, I would be I would be all about that action, boss. Aiden English can be like you're my brother-in-law now, or something like that. They could they could do a lot of cool things with it. Uh, New stable, the Guerreros. Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, we're sort of burying the lead here, but uh, big big news with John Morrison mm-hmm. officially coming back to World Wrestling Entertainment after lighting the world on fire in Lucha Underground and Impact and Mexico and everywhere he everywhere he screen. went. Yeah, on the big screen with Boone the Bounty Hunter. I mean, Still uh, the number one event here at the Bone ever in the lounge. Everywhere he went, uh, you know, he really uh, proved himself uh, that I think WWE made a mistake in letting him go. Mm-hmm. And now he is and now he is coming back uh Big, big congratulations to Absolutely. John Morrison for that. Um, WWE is about to get booned and taken to Slamtown. Uh, I mean, what was your your reaction to the news becoming official? Because this was rumored a month ago. We yeah. talked about it then, but now, I mean, it's official, official. Okay, a couple things. One, and I saw this also online as well. A lot of people were a little bummed with the announcement. Thought it would have been better save as a surprise entry for, for the Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble. Thought that would be cool. But I get it why they have to do it. Because they have this show, WWE Backstage, hosted by Renee on FS1. So with that being said, they got to give that show content. And so that's that was just this week's one of the news stories was, hey, he re-signed with the WWE. So, of course, it doesn't have the same pop or reaction. Kind of similar with CM Punk. He comes out just to a studio crowd of just the people in attendance, not into an arena full of like 10,000 plus WWE fans at a pay-per-view or something or raw or smackdown so it doesn't have the same execution the yeah, presentation not, not the same punch yeah but nonetheless i'm, I'm super happy for him uh you know, he's an awesome person 
Uh, like you said, congrats to him, and he, he's always been cool with us. And um, His first appearance with WWE will be coming on this upcoming episode of my future wife, Kayla Braxton's WWE The Bump will be oh, his really? first appearance uh, back with WWE. So be sure to check that out because, he, as he said in his little promo video for it, there's a lot of catching up that they have to do uh, with that. Well, okay, which show should he go to, Raw or SmackDown? Whichever one The Miz is on, because the the to me the ready-made Morrison feud is the reprise of Miz and Morrison mm-hmm. because they have that great back and forth about who's the Marty Jannetty, who's the Shawn Michaels of the team, and you know I think I think both in their own perspectives still have claim of saying the other is you know that you know look Miz is main event at a WrestleMania something that John hasn't done he's been world champion in WWE something John hasn't done however Morrison went all over the world and achieved so much and you know big time star turn on Survivor mm-hmm. you know uh, you know really proved a lot of people wrong with his his stuff in Lucha Underground and everything like that so both have accomplished a lot and I just would love to see them feud uh, again, John Taraj versus Miz Taraj. Book it, baby. I'm in for WrestleMania. You don't want them maybe starting out as a tag team again? No. I, I, I feel like they have unfinished business as rivals. Okay. Uh, so that that's what I would like to see. And part of it, like, why I'm glad to see him back is, like, I think he sometimes, uh, God, who are you talking to? Sometimes you got to leave to go prove yourself elsewhere, your value, and show people what you can do. Then come back to WWE. I forgot which guest we had like within the last year. I mean, there is always sort of that absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. Yeah. I know it's a Jim Rossism, you know, talking back in the day. It's like, you know, you go away, hey, go learn a new hold. Mm-hmm. And then you come back. It's sort of like the cliche term. And, and so with him being back to WWE, I think at this part of his career, you can easily argue maybe, okay, this is like kind of like a last hoorah for him, however long the contract is. But I think this is maybe a good way to kind of – Wrap up his full wrestling career. I've been a big fan of John forever. Back when he was, uh, what was on the first or second season of Tough Enough on yeah. MTV, short hair, Johnny Nitro, wherever it was. He's still in impeccable shape. Absolutely. You know? And I mean, it's, I, I don't think necessarily he's nearing the end of his, his career. I mean, he is 40 years old, but I mean, look, AJ Styles he's what, was, 40. he's 42, I think almost 43. Uh, so, you know, when he came to WWE, he was 40 and then went saying, on this like, great run. If he signed a five-year deal, I mean, it would be 45. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, he who knows if he wants to keep going after that or not. But also, I, I think you got to look at maybe like on a more realistic side of things. With John, he, you know, he aspires to do acting stuff and whatnot. So maybe part of the deal with him re-signing is maybe he could do some movies with WWE Studios. I'm sure that I'm sure those opportunities will be coming his way. Maybe a Boone sequel under the WWE umbrella. That'd be, that'd be huge. That would be huge and, for for John for and, sure. And the other thing too is like, didn't he tell us, you know, a couple years ago when we interviewed him that he had to put up his house to kind of fund? Yeah, the movie? he risked it all for for you know that. Adventure. So I'm just saying, like, this also could be, I'm sure it might be a nice little payday for him to kind of, you know, kind of replenish you know, what he's been sacrificing on his own to, to get these projects off the ground, which I have a lot of respect for. But so, like I said, I think it's just really cool for him. And then it's just, it's another veteran that they're bringing back. So, you know, with his, his uh, accomplishments, he could help maybe put over some younger talent, maybe after the Miz stuff maybe plays out, if that's where they're going to go initially when he returns. So it's just exciting because you see they've been bringing back a lot of uh, WWE guys from maybe five, ten plus years ago. So I'm excited for what he can do with the current roster of WWE guys, some fresh uh, rivalries, matchups. I mean, you look at Kofi when the Royal Rumble, he does a lot of the fun acrobat type stuff. 
John does a lot of that stuff as well. So it could yeah. be fun dueling stuff, maybe at Royal Rumble, the two of them doing some stuff. I, I'm, I'm just very excited for him to be back. I remember his departure was one of the, like the real big head scratchers yeah. for me because I, I definitely looked at him and saw, you know, I was like, well, this guy, like, this is your next top guy right here. Yeah. I mean, he's so good in the ring. Um, and, you know, I always, you know, when they did the the dirt sheet, him and the Miz, like, mm-hmm. you really got to see his personality shine and everything like that. And I think that was was part of the knock on him was that some people like to claim that he, he couldn't get, get it done on the mic and yeah. stuff like that. And that couldn't be further from the truth now. And that, I think, is the one thing that maybe he proved to more people than anything was his personality can and is larger than life and that he can be that superstar in the ring but also on the microphone and I and I firmly believe that he can be a great promo he just he has he has an undeniable charisma about him that he really got to show uh, when he left WWE maybe that's the thing too maybe he could do some more fun vignettes that you saw uh, you, you told me about on Lucha Underground and stuff like that and, and it could be maybe using WWE's social media presence their big following or or stuff on the network. Maybe Boone could even be a series on the network. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you think Taya will eventually come over? A lot of people have been talking about that, and I see no reason for it because she's doing great things with Impact. She seems super happy there. She said as much. I mean, she's their longest-reigning knockouts champion now mm-hmm. uh, with them. So I think I, I think she's, she's doing her own thing. I, I would love Taya if she wants to come to WWE. Uh, to to make it over here, but I but I think she would want this, and I certainly would want. The, I want WWE to want her for her, not just because she's John's wife or yeah. anything like that. Um, you know, because Ty is a phenomenal talent and should be a top, you know, female wrestler, whatever promotion she's in. And the other thing too, if you follow John on social media, you know he's always been close with the WWE guys. Absolutely, even though he was not with the company, a lot of them were at his wedding and his uh, uh was it what you call it the the wedding party uh so he's been in touch with those guys this whole time and so i think it's just cool he's probably come full circle back with all his buddies you know working together in wwe so yeah just kudos to him i mean he deserves it he worked his ass off outside wwe has been such an amazing talent to watch i mean he's been in the bay area a handful of times in the last couple years so it's really exciting for him. The whole, uh, you know, he's got he's got so much that he, I feel like he brings back to the table now with WWE of his own creation. The whole Slam Town stuff, mm-hmm. the Johnny Gimmick name stuff, all, all all this, all these things that he has developed on his own and really created this this John Gimmick name character mm-hmm. outside of the WWE umbrella. I'm I just I'm thrilled for him to be back. I'm thrilled for us as wrestling fans to be able to see him on this platform this big. I mean, he could become Johnny NXT. You could you could see that happen. I mean, to be a ready-made feud with John Gargano. Uh, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens though. There's so many people. I'd love to see him face off with AJ Styles and, yeah. and you know Ricochet and all these guys. So he, he he's going to do a lot of great stuff. So big big ups to John Morrison his return to WWE. Uh, all right, well we sort of uh, danced over it, but while we were talking about the Fiend. Uh, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, unveiled a new uh, a new Universal Championship belt. Baby Huey is shaking his head in studio here. Are you not a fan? I'm not a fan of the price. That's oh, well, what. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about lit, like f the people online talking about buying the replica. What do you think about the championship? I mean, I oh okay. So let me understand this. When he's Bray Wyatt, aka Mister Rogers type look, he'll have the blue. Universal Championship belt, but then when he's in Fiend mode with the mask on and everything, then it will have that Fiend-looking title. I guess, yeah. 
Nice so, to be seen. Okay. But yeah. what did you think about it? Um, it it's cool. Like a politician here <laughs> dancing around the question. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool, but it's just kind of weird. He's going to walk to the ring with a belt with his face on it already. I mean, there's been plenty of WWE superstars over the years who have had custom belts. Stone Cold. The Rock had one, but I don't think it was ever like on TV. Or, or I mean, he had a, the, the he had the Brahma Bull belt. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, other champions have had custom belts. Look, Daniel Bryan is recently yeah. with the with the Planet's Champion belt. Uh, this one's very Necronomicon esque. It's you know, it's obviously it's like the sort of uh, the it's the fiend mask almost stretched like it was skin uh, on the, on this championship belt. To me, I, I I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to see if it grows on me. Kind of deal. It's walking that line of being borderline too goofy. Uh, it looks to like me. a toy though, and so we'll we'll see how we'll see how it works. It's it's really walking that fine line. Uh, with me, but I, I'm willing to to sort of not you know crap all over it just yet because it does it it's cool that they're giving Fiend so much and like that they're letting him do these things. Yes, absolutely, and really putting over sort of the juxtaposition between the Bray and the Fiend character. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind, circling back to it, that they've cooled them off a little bit, and I don't know if a if a new custom championship title belt is is what's really going to make them red hot again. Like I don't. I don't really seeing it adding that much either, you know. Um, I would I would almost rather have him keep it normal and just almost have sort of a sort of a not a disdain, but but just like he doesn't really care that much about the championship because that's not really what he's about. He's so far above and beyond, uh, sort of like having a title. He's more about well, that's the thing. What do you think is his agenda? Is just to terrorize. Yeah, different people, which, which is why I don't necessarily wouldn't have put him in the in the championship mix necessarily to begin with. Yeah, uh, because one, I didn't think that they were ready to pull the trigger on him uh, with with their top white meat baby face well, Seth Rollins and feud with Finn Balor. Then yeah, he's on the Seth. Yeah, and so I would I would have rather him sort of continue to just. There are certain guys that. Uh, look, I'm happy he's champion. I think it's great. And I, and if you do choose to put him in that title scene, then you have to say yes to him. Like he's the kind of character that you don't um, you don't have him like lose right off the bat, which is exactly sort of what they had him do, you know, in manner of fashion against uh, Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. But yeah, he's almost he's almost beyond the championship. There are those guys that like didn't necessarily really need like a title to be over like a Jake, the snake Roberts uh-huh. kind of kind of guy. It's just like, they have their own motives and stuff. And like the undertaker for a long period of his yeah. career didn't need the championship to sort of be the centerpiece of what he was doing. Uh, and I, and Tommy I dreamer like that too in ECW, right? Yeah, to- Tommy dreamer, you know, I, I, I think very different with, with, yeah. with Tommy, uh, di- different kind of character, like a larger than life personality. But so, I mean, the new title, I'm willing to give it give it a shot. Do you think anyone actually bought that thing? Probably. I would love to meet someone who bought that. It's like sixty five hundred plus the taxes, so it's near seven thousand total for that title. I would love to meet who bought that versus like that could be like a, a car down payment. I mean, you could buy a lot of things with that. Yeah, I, I, I certainly would not be not be making that purchase. Um, I want, I want to talk real quickly about uh, the new NWA color commentator was announced. It's going to be Stu Bennett, a.k.a. Bad News Barrett. Uh, he's another one. I, I guess, you know, the better segue would have been going from Samoa Joe to this news. But, you know, <laughs> alas. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think he he's another one that will be a good commentator. I still am of the mind, like, I'd rather see him in the ring. I don't know if he's interested in that because he is a guy that sustained a lot of injuries as mm-hmm. well over his career. In a, in a, in a very stuff. short period of time, yeah. too. 
Uh, so maybe he's just sort of been there, done that, doesn't really want to to do it. But I, I would rather see him in the ring, especially on a show. And like, look, I love the presentation of NWA Power, and there's a lot there's a lot of stuff to like. But and, and this might piss some people off, but they are desperately lacking in star power. Uh, Nick Aldis, great, you know, very good worker and everything like that. Seems like a good guy. He's good on the mic, but he is. I, I see like almost zip in turn like he's I don't see a lot of star power in Nick Aldis. I just don't. And and for him to hold the NWA championship uh for that long to me, it's kinda like this is this is your top guy. Mm-hmm. Like the, like it's an analogy in basketball. It's like the, he can't be like your best player on your team if you're gonna contend for a championship kind of deal. That's Nick Aldis. Well, I guess for me I do agree NWA needs some more star power. I don't know the full logistics behind the scenes of how, you know, like the funding, the business side of things. But, I mean, if you look at the landscape of wrestling, I mean, God, we've talked about for months. It's it's such a booming year right now with all these promotions popping up. A lot of big-name people are signed up elsewhere. They got contracts in other promotions. So NWA is, in a way, they're like, Taking what's the best that's out that's there. That's left. That's left. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's kind of the nice thing about NWA. It sounds like they're getting a lot of in, independent. It's like they, they have like the veterans who've been maybe big elsewhere, like TNA or Impact back in the day. They got a lot of looks like upcoming indie people and they got some older older wrestlers. My, my, my thing is when, when when Nick Aldis cuts a promo, man, he's almost putting me to sleep. And he's not a bad talker. Like he's well spoken. Yeah. But he's not getting me like super jazzed up for the match. The star of the team is is Camille, and she's not even saying anything. Yeah, but she has that it factor. I don't. Nick Aldis to me has never had that it factor. And again, I'm not like trying to talk crap about anyone in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. That's just what I see as a viewer because I'm still a wrestling fan first, and that's just what I see. It's like he's not really talking me into into the building. To me, the most compelling thing that's been on NWA Power so far is the Tim Storm storyline with sort of yes. like how his, the twists and turns his career has taken. And like, that's a great like time and true, like, you know, sort of like the old, the old Western gunslinger. Like, does he have one more left in him? What's he going to do? Like the impending heel turn, all this stuff uh, is just, that's been more interesting to me. Well, and that's, I think moving forward, what I'm going to keep tuning in for with NWA powers. One, it, we all know they film a bunch of episodes over a span of like a couple days that, that lasted for the next couple months. I and it's kind of nice. So it's like I don't know if they actually have any contracts out there with NWA the roster, but it looks like they just get whoever's available from the independent scene, show up, film all the episodes, and then they're free to go do whatever they want again. So I wonder maybe the next set of TV tape tape is I know if they have a pay per view coming up, but after that when they film the, a new set of episodes, I wonder what other names they can get to NWA, and that's going to be I think their test of. Trying what more star power they can bring moving forward. Again, their presentation is great. Love the studio wrestling aspect. It's just like they need they need a number one guy, and they, in my opinion, they don't have that number one guy right now. Well, they just it, don't. Well, that's the thing. It's like who's out there that would go to NWA versus going to Impact, Ring of Honor. Uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, Ring of Honor knows going through some. Issues. There's been a lot of articles out there about behind the scenes drama they have. Maybe someone from Ring of Honor can move over as well. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like, does NWA have the resources to bring in the star power? Yeah. Or is NWA just what we're getting or what we're seeing right now is what we're going to get for 
this current run that they're on right now. And, and God willing, I hope they're able to do it for for as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. I love NWA Power, and I want to see them keep thriving and being successful, and hopefully they can, like I said, bring more people in as well and kind of keep the momentum going right now. So that's going to be interesting. Hopefully they can maybe go on tour and come out to the Bay Area at some point. I would love to see it in person. And uh, kudos, congrats to the Rock and Roll Express. This week's episode, they won the tag titles. They did, and they had a big, nice, feel-good celebration with uh, Jim Cornette there in the ring. So it's, I guess, his send-off moment for uh, they for did NWA. A video, yeah, afterwards, saying, yeah, things. I saw that. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool, okay. Yeah. But uh, though, I, my brother mentioned, like, okay, besides Stu Bennett, because I don't know, is it just for a one-off for the pay-per-view? Or I'm not sure. I mean, who else? Like Jim Cornette, he has the history with the NWA. Who yeah, else? that's why he was sort of perfect for it. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, he has chronic and degenerative foot and mouth disease. Yes. So he I can't stay out of his own way. My brother like suggested maybe like Terry Funk if he's down to do something commentary like that or he, yeah if, if if he's down to like commit to it he'd be great Terry because yeah. Terry Funk obviously has so much history. Uh, with that, so uh, yeah, he'd be he'd be a good name, but we'll we'll see how Stu Bennett works out. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, quick thoughts on AEW and NXT from this week. Uh, I thought Cody stole the damn show uh, with AEW. Another super strong promo from him. Uh, you know, trying to get MJF to accept his challenge and face him. I thought I thought that was the real highlight of the episode. Just another really, really great promo from Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and this and oh, the opening match with Young oh, Bucks dude, and Dustin, du- dude, Dustin, the ageless wonder, <laughs> doing all kinds. That was that was awesome. But we even like similar outfits. Yeah, the tassels. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was that was great. But I mean, just in the ring though, he was he was bringing it. I mean, Jericho, like when Jericho does his promos, it's always golden. Especially the last three weeks. Last week he had his dad come out yeah. in Chicago. No, Chris Chris was great again this week. The the, the lexicon of Le Champion was was great. You know, sort of a a, uh, a twist on the list of Jericho and so and and also a a callback to the the thousand one holds yeah. that he knows with the constant mentioning of Moxley instead of Armbar and, was great. And uh, I mean, both shows NXT and AEW. Uh, are building up to December 18th to be big episodes with big title matches on the line. Yeah, that um, was that was one thing I, I will say uh, about AEW is that, like, I'm happy for Jungle Boy to be getting the opportunity and everything like that, but it just it is the the focal point. It, that's not really a focal point title match. It's really the like. I don't think there's anybody that thinks Jungle Boy is going to win. It's it's a great it's a great spot for him to be in, but it does feel like that the major storyline on AEW is the Cody and MJF thing as, as opposed to the AEW championship. Well, and then also at the end of the night, Moxley comes out or yeah. I'm sorry, Moxley's in the ring after being Joey Janela and Jericho comes out through the crowd to, to to counteract what Moxley did to him last week. So it's like, okay, it's foreshadowing Jericho and Moxley is going to set up a program. A big with the, program, but not yet. Not yet. And so like Jungle Boy is just... Feels like a placeholder. Exactly. He's just a, a sacrificial lamb just to fill time right now. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is like AEW is developing like three different like dark, like sp- spooky factions right now. Yeah. I mean, Nightmare between- Collective, Dark Order. And... Uh, Butcher and the oh yeah baby. yeah I was gonna say butcher babies butcher boy butcher boy <laughs> butcher blade and bunny but in, in terms of, in terms of that I think I like them the most of of the three of what they've done it, certainly compared to the dark order the dark order vignettes 
uh, haven't really done it for me. Like you have these sort of, uh, you know, them showing up to the Are You Afraid of the Dark Midnight Society thing, trying to pledge <laughs> themselves to to the Dark Order. There's some sand. Right? It, <laughs> it, it, it's like, okay, you're doing this sort of spooky shtick. Like, are you killing the guy? Like, what? Like, what are you? You're just, you're just, you're just rubbing him. You know, you got the guy down. You're just sort of like pawing at him. Yeah, yeah. Like, can, like, can you? Can we get some production value and actually, you know, maybe rip him apart instead? Of like, well, it's like because I think they're alluding that they killed the guy, but it looks so stupid when you actually put the camera on him. Well, the thing is, like the vignettes, whatever they should have done that first, because the way they debut at um, one of the pay per views over the summer. Yeah, remember the crowd was like, "Who are you? Yeah. Who are you?" Well, now we're finding out. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like it's kind of a little bit reverse order. Dark order. <laughs> Dark order. But I'm just saying, they show up, and like every time they've been on TV, it's not getting much reaction, at least not for me. And now they're doing the vignette. So are they quickly trying to save? Yeah, I think they're trying to salvage it when they realize that, hey, you know, we need to sort of figure out who these people are. And then, um, but yeah, Cody, like everyone's coming after him. MJF, uh, I mean, Jericho still calls him out. Um, the Butcher, but- Blade, and Bunny. Yeah, are like calling him out. Uh, but yeah, his problem. God, Cody's the biggest baby face in the the company right now. Yes, it's awesome. um, I'm doing still- a great job selling that match, and then MJF's response on social media was awesome as well. I would have loved to have seen that on TV or or in some manner of fashion. Maybe they'll re-air it. I, I don't know or okay. have a follow up. But uh, you know, I thought that was really strong stuff too. But that 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 to me like. Is sort of like the focal point storyline. It's not really the championship yet because they don't want to give us Moxley and Jericho at this point. And well, that's what kind of bumps me out. Is like, okay, Cody's obviously the biggest face of AEW right now, but you already stripped that that possibility of him being champion in the near future already with his match with Jericho and putting. If he lost, he would never go for the title again, which he did lose. And now it's like that's my one thing. It's like. I want to cheer him on. I'm going to cheer him on, but I know in the back of my head, he can beat everyone for like the next year, but theoretically he can never go for the championship again. So he can never be the true number one of the company. It could be a cool storyline when they, when they ramp up to that though. And I think it's a good thing because they don't want AEW to be sort of like a, a promotion based around nepotism and it just being about the elite guys. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I'm sure down the road, if Cody wants to put the championship on himself, Maybe there's a stipulation like he'll give up his EVP job title. Yeah. For, yeah, they can absolutely find a way out of to, it. It's pro wrestling. Yeah, they re- rework it. But um, that's the one thing with AEW, and I would love maybe if we ever had a chance to talk to those guys again, was do they? It, it, it's like they're in a weird situation right now because I feel like us, the fans, we want to see Cody, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, the elite guys who've been, you know, doing stuff in New Japan, Ring of Honor for the last couple of years, and with the YouTube stuff, being the elite. We want to see them. We want to be the face of the company winning the matches on TV most of the time. But I wonder for them, since they're in like quote, higher positions running the show, do they feel like, okay, we, got, we cannot put ourselves over because then we want people to think we just start our own wrestling company just so we can put ourselves over. Like, it's a weird, you get what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, that's why I mean when they say you don't want you don't want to be like nepotism with their promotion. Yeah, and so I think they have to walk that line, and eventually, you know, Kenny Omega is going to be the guy there, 
and, and everything like that. I'm sure Cody will have a run with the championship and everything, but it doesn't have to be right away. I think it's more important for them to put over some other people. Chris Jericho is obviously the right call to make their first champion. Lucha Brothers. Yeah, and they, and they want to build up you know some other people as well. So Okay, I mean, but like for me, it's like um, – you know, part of me was like, I really want to see Young Bucks before become the first world tag champions. But I get it. They got to maybe put on someone else first because there are negative people out there who would just criticize them. Oh, look, they they run the show and now they're champs. And I, I think it would be a fair criticism. True. But I, I just, it, it, that's the one kind of, I think, issue AEW's kind of run into. It's just with all these guys. Look, Co- Cody is still in a big time storyline. You know, mm-hmm. so he's still heavily involved. I love what they're doing with Kenny in terms of sort of trying to find his footing in AEW and everything like that. I think that's an intriguing storyline. The Young Bucks have been had their fingerprints all over the show. I love um, Moxley, what he's been yeah, doing. Yeah, and Moxley, and that's, that's the whole thing is that, you know, Moxley is red hot right now. So they're they're making the right call. I mean, what a great main event this week mm-hmm. on AEW with him and Janela also. And I think it's also cool with AEW. Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Phoenix, you know, they, they've been doing the tag stuff, but then at the same time, they could still go do singles matches. And even Trent, you know, from Best Friends, I think it's cool that they're letting their guys, um, these tag teams, have singles matches every once in a while. So they're, they're not so one-dimensional as, like, in WWE, there's a tag team and, like, none of them can have singles matches. If they're a tag team, that's all they are allowed to do. Or if one guy's out injured, then they're both off TV for that amount of time. Yeah. So I think that was kind of cool. AEW, to their credit, they're really establishing each individual person as a competitive performer. Uh, NXT this week, I think, was solid. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I maybe enjoyed AEW a little bit more, I think, because, again, the the two super strong uh, promo segments from Cody and Jericho and then Dustin, again, just showing. Like, that. I, I love watching Dustin work at his age mm-hmm. and just still delivering. But what do you think of NXT this week? Um, cool seeing Kushida come back. Yes, that's after, big. After two months, I like the little promo video in the beginning to show that that he's doing this for his family and stuff. I think that's really cool. Um, I like the momentum still carrying over for Keith Lee. Yeah, I'm a little worried about undisputed era though with um with Fish getting hurt because last week remember he got hurt and then yeah. Roger jumped in and his street clothes to finish the match. So hopefully, you know, things are okay there. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, uh, Dakota Kai, I think that it just, it looks like she, for the time being, she's going to focus on Mia Yim. Yeah. Rhea Ripley, looking badass, took three three ladies to take her out. Cir- circling back to Keith Lee, uh, I think the last couple, the last few weeks with NXT, he is the man of the moment in NXT. And I think uh, when you look at Adam Cole's NXT championship reign, I, I, I felt like going into it, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, they'll they'll put the belt back on Champa kind of deal. I think Keith Lee has forced his way into that conversation so much that mm-hmm. I think he he may become the next guy. I think I think really? especially doing it on the platform at Survivor Series, you know, with everyone both internally and externally watching. And he really from the men's side was the guy that came out with the most shine. Mm-hmm. I, I could see it becoming Keith Lee's uh, NXT in short order. And maybe and maybe then you have Champa go back to what he does best, which is be a real son of a bitch. And and then you have a Keith Lee Champa feud coming up. I mean, but there's a lot of directions to go, but I just I feel like it, you know, when watching it in real time, it's like, oh I think I think I think Keith just leapfrogged in line there. 
And, yeah. and, 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 I, and I feel like what may have been an impending North American championship run mm-hmm. uh, will now be in an impending NXT championship run for, for Keith Lee. That's, what, that's the main thing I take away from the last uh, few outings of NXT is that he is really the guy of the moment for them and has just – he has so many eyeballs on him right now. Well, you look at even like earlier this year with Kofi, like he wasn't in the title picture at all, but then uh, unfortunately Mustafa Ali got hurt. He was able to get in as a last-minute sub for the Elimination Chamber. Had an amazing performance, won the crowd over. And then all of a sudden, this organic story of him on this quick, all of a sudden, out-of-nowhere journey for the WWE Championship showed up. So, And that fact that WWE pulled the trigger and let him win, and he had a great title run for most of 2019. So, as you just said, yeah, Keith Lee, outstanding performance over the last few weeks. It's Rightfully so. He deserves an opportunity to maybe see what happens. Uh, so uh, next week, it's going to be what? A uh, uh, triple threat match, right, for number one contendership. And then on the 18th, the winner of that will fight uh, Adam Cole. So, yeah, I wonder if Keith Lee can uh, pull off a victory next week and then go from there and see what happens. It's it's going to be interesting stuff. We have a, a lot of pro wrestling locally here this weekend mm-hmm. uh, that we want to make sure we tell you about tonight. We have two different shows. Uh, there is Big Time Wrestling's Rock the Bells. I mean, you mm-hmm. can see the Lucha Bros out there. Chris Masters, uh, Badass Shane Cody, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. will be out there at BTW Rock the Bells. That's going to be a great show. Also tonight, though, if if you're not inclined to go to Newark, it will be at the Newark Pavilion There is West Coast Pro Wrestling putting on in a major way. Hammerstone will be there. Uh, Jake Atlas making his final Bay Area Pro Wrestling appearance as, you know, he's going on other things. Cody Vance will be there. Thunder Rosa. So a lot of of big names at both shows, depending on which one you can go. Go out and support one of them, whichever one you can can make it out to. That's what's cool. It's like. You got these two shows on opposite sides of the bay. So, yeah. so depending where you live, you have some options. What's yeah. closer to you? And West have, Coast Pro will be in South San Francisco. Yeah. So support them there. You know, support wherever you can. It's just like I said, amazing time in the Bay Area. It's amazing wrestling. But it's cool. You have uh, guys from MLW, Brian Pillman Jr. coming to uh, Newark Big Time Wrestling. Hammerstone, who's also from MLW going to be West Coast Pro. So it's just cool. And then uh, uh, Thunder Rosa, she's with NWA. So it's yeah, it's just really cool that we have She's a Bay Area gal too uh, and uh, formerly of Lucha Underground as well. So it's always good to see Thunder Rosa doing her thing. Uh, and then Saturday, tomorrow night, APW and Gold Rush Professional Wrestling are putting on the Young Lions Cup Tournament. Uh, it'll be myself, Caesar Black, and Matthew Thiel on the uh, commentary call there. So if you if you want to come out to Pacifica at the Ingrid B. Lacey uh, and see some some great up and coming wrestlers, Chasta told me the locals just call it IBL. The IBL in Pacifica. The Good IBL. Good to know. So just all, to tell you that, yeah, yeah, I like it. I like IBL. it. Come out to the IBL <laughs> in Pacifica to see the Young Lions Cup. It's going to be, you know, I love a good tournament. So it's going to be sixteen. Really great wrestlers vying for the Young Lions Cup of 2019. So this is this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm I'm honored to be uh, to be on the call for it. So is it going to be like King of Indies or even like King of the Ring, where it's like it's like going to be rounds, and so someone yeah about the brackets and everything cool. like okay. that, and it's all it's all going to go down. So yeah, a busy busy weekend here locally for professional wrestling. So if you're listening to this in the Bay Area or will be around. 
uh, tonight and tomorrow, you got your plate full with pro wrestling. And I was going to say, so are these kind of like maybe some of the last uh, events for 2019 in the Bay Area? Well, I mean, by virtue of that, we we only have a few weeks yeah. left of 2019. Absolutely. So closing out the year strong with yep. some some big shows. That support is, it. Yeah, absolutely. Go out and support it. That is going to do it for this edition of In the Click. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in the click, see ya. And I wouldn't want to be ya.